finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, I was, uh, I was, uh, say it, say it. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Can I just say that one thing, I'll get to all the things I was wrong about, uh, but the one big one, the one thing that surprised me, literally, I sat there in disbelief is for at least, you know, half that game, more than half that game. Tom Brady was nervous. Tom Brady, Tom Brady was skittish. Tom Brady was sailing throws. He was not accurate. The moment, and I and I understand this, one of the great clutch performers of our time, one of the great winners of our time. And he won. He won when it mattered. He came, he came down. He, that, that, that's the definition, kids, of a moral victory if you're a Patriots fan or, or Belichick or Steve Belichick is uh, you almost beat Tom Brady. You flustered him. You confused him. I never thought any of those things were hap- would happen. He had 10 touchdown passes in the first three weeks, which is more than Cam Newton had all last year. And yesterday, he had, last night, he had zero. Last night, he had issues. Last night, he made some strange decisions and some really bad throws. He had a QB rating of 70.8, well below young Mac Jones, who thoroughly outplayed the GOAT uh, under the circumstances. I, I, You know, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of intensity, a lot of energy, a lot of rain I at, at kickoff. And um, a lot of people were tweeting this, but, you know, our, our buddy Rob O'Neill tweeted, there's no way Tom Brady is losing this game. And that's how I felt at kickoff. I felt that it was all working in his favor. Uh, you know, th- issues, you know, th- uh, um, that they like rain, like pressure, like all the things that were swirling around. Generally, He's used to all that stuff. They help him. Yeah, they help him. He's right. good. He's good with those things, with the elements, with the with the uh, issues. He, he, he usually harnesses them, and it makes him better. The rookie, on the other hand, uh, was not going to be able to handle this situation. The moment was too big for him. That's what I said, and again, I was wrong about all that Mac Jones was much, much, much better than Tom Brady. Bill Belichick and his lizard boy, Steve Belichick. <laughs> Tongue guy? <laughs> Who is that? I, I don't know, but I guess I guess he knows. I guess he doesn't care. He's like dad. He does not care what he looks like on camera. He knows. With a mullet like camera. that. Yeah. No. With a mullet like that, with a tongue like that, I guess he's focused on football. And if he's the one calling the defenses – and dialing up the blitzes and everything else, moving the chess pieces, then that was his finest moment as a NFL assistant coach. If he is, we're still not sure, but but he did a terrific job. Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick did things, I think, surprised uh, Brady in some ways. I mean, Brady had no picks, and his head coach, Bruce Arians, after the game said Brady was very careful out there. That's not something you often hear. And, and Arians is pretty pretty candid and in these situations, and he knows his quarterback was not good, was not great. I mean, I thought 
when, when he took the field, I said, he's going to carve them up. I felt even better about my pick that they would win by whatever I said. It was 31 to 31, 13. 13. So that's whatever that is. 18 yeah. points. Yeah. I felt even better about that pick. I thought he was going to put a whooping on him. And then, uh, Mac Jones came out and just looked perfectly comfortable. The Patriots couldn't run the ball. They ran for a minus one yard. He got no help from the running game. He was dropping back every play. At first, they were pressuring him and beating him up and knocking him around. He threw a pick while getting hit again. Again, not his fault, but he settled in nicely. And if you're a Patriots fan, at the end of that day, I mean, you lost the game. You're one and three, but you're feeling great because nothing matters more than then the quarterback, do you have a quarterback? And every game you watch around the league, you say, that team's got a QB, you know, whether it's uh, whoever, Green Bay, yeah, they got a quarterback, or uh, uh, Arizona, they got a quarterback, they're good. The Patriots have a quarterback. They're one and three. They're not going, might be going to the playoffs. They're not winning the division. They're two games behind Buffalo already. They got issues, but they have a quarterback and he's 23 years old. And the most impressive thing is they were absolutely telegraphing pass plays because they couldn't run the ball. You said exactly. that before. It's, but that, that generally is tough when you're yeah. quarterback and they know. You're one-dimensional at that point. They know. They only had, the Tampa couldn't get to the quarterback coming into this game. They only had three sacks on the season. I believe they had at least three last night. Mm. I'll check it, but they were One pressured. really rough one too where they, uh, I can't remember who it was, nailed he, uh, Mac he, Jones. He took, a, he took a pounding. And if, yeah. he were, if he were the 44-year-old, you'd say, it's going to be tough for him to get out of bed today, yeah. but he's 23. He won't even feel it. He'll be fine. He'll be bouncing around the field today, practice, and he'll be, he'll get better. He'll, I mean, he looks comfortable already. Uh, granted, again, he's one in three. You know, he's, he's, but as, as, as Chris Collinsworth pointed out, there's a bunch of uh, rookies starting. You know, there, there were five of them in the first round, I believe. And, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, one and two, they're starting. He's better than them. Right now, he's much better than they are, even though Zach Wilson won a game. Um, uh, it, there's no way you would trade him. And I don't, Trey Lance is too early. He came in at halftime when Garoppolo got hurt, but yeah. he's the best of the rookies so far. And what else can you ask for? I guess you could ask for some W's, some wins, but there were, it was really surprising. And I guess that's why football is great, why, why the NFL is great, because you never freaking know. I mean, I was convinced, a lot of people were convinced that Brady was just going to light him up in Foxborough and and he was going to run away with it and Bill Belichick was going to get embarrassed and it was, it was just going to be Brady's night. He loves these situations. He loves when it's all about him. He loves when there's all kinds of pressure and all kinds of attention and all kinds of, and all eyes on him. We've seen it in Super Bowls. We've seen it in the playoffs. In this case, again, he got the W. He can walk away. They're three and one. They've won 10 of 11. You know, he's he's probably going to the playoffs. Hell, he's probably going to win another Super Bowl. But on this night, he was, again, thoroughly outplayed by a 23-year-old rookie. And I hate to say it, but the moment, I don't say it was too big for him, but it got to him. It got to, it it got to Tom it, yeah. Brady, which to me was the shocking thing. I thought he would, from the first throw, he'd be on the money. I swear to God, in the first half, he had like one accurate throw. He was off the yeah, mark he was sailing, sailing all the ball day. And, and I tweeted that. said, is he throwing an accurate? And uh, what about the record breaker to Mike Evans? Go look oh. at it again. It was behind him. Yeah. He was not the, the, the only accurate throw he had. And this was after I tweeted, by the way, it was the back shoulder to Ant Antonio Brown when he did an out and up and he stopped and he, it was uh, perfect timing. 
between the two. It was a terrific throw. But other than that, even the completions were off the mark. He was, and I know it was raining. Collinsworth, and this is one problem I have with Collinsworth, is he, he's good, he's smart, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he's looking at, watching, but he's always apologizing for players and coaches, and the league, by the way. He's a league guy, a shield guy, and he kept saying, the rain, the rain, the rain. Well, we've seen Brady play a thousand games in the rain, and the snow, and the wind. He's great in the elements. I didn't think it would affect him at all. In fact, I thought it would fa- affect everybody else except him. And we'd be saying, boy, that's the guy who played 20 years here and just never, it was never affected by adverse conditions. Well, he was. The rain, I guess, was a factor. The, you know, the crowd, the coach on the other sideline, just the, the, the magnitude of the moment. And he... What would we be saying? What would we be thinking today if Nick Fold's 56-yard field goal doesn't hit or hits the upright and boinks, doinks through the ground? Huge story. It'd be like, holy crap. Huge story. Brady lost and and put up only one touchdown. He would have definitely taken a lot more heat, yes. I mean, it would be, I hate to say choked. That's a strong word. Players hate it. You know, coaches hate it. I would say Brady was affected by the elements. How's that? I agree. That and it, nice it, used to be, it? it used to be his advantage. It used to be the Always. Patriots' advantage and his advantage because they practice out it in it. They're, they're not practicing in a bubble. They used to practice, or they do. When he was here, they would practice outside in all the elements, whether it was rain or snow. It didn't matter, so it was always their advantage. But he did not look and, good and, last and night. And Belichick would take a bucket of water and pour it on the ball. <laughs> and then we'd hear about it afterwards. Isn't that amazing? Belichick, I, I thought Belichick was going to have like his worst night as a Patriot coach oh, since, you know, before Brady came along and it was going to be like, Holy crap. Is the, is the, is the hoodie reached the end of the road? He had a, he had a great night. Um, it is amazing that the Patriots didn't score more than 17. You know, yeah. when you think about a good Matt, Mac Jones completed 19 straight passes, which is, uh, I, I believe it was, was it a rookie record? I think or, it was a rookie yeah, it was a record. Rookie record. And as good as Brady has, as, as well as Brady's ever right. done. And Ty Brady, best, yep. Ty Brady's best, which is amazing. And most, many of them were check downs, but they were accurate throws. They were throws under pressure, guys around his ankles. He was terrific. And I think unless he, you know, discovers the joys of, you know, cocaine and hookers, he's going to be great. Oh yeah, maybe not. Yeah, great. As long as he stays, well, too strong. Words? I mean, well, it depends. I mean, his his offensive line needs to get a hell of a lot better for, and protect him better if if he's going to be great for a long time. I think the biggest risk right now is probably injury. Uh, that's they played true. That's super true. poor. That's that's what you got with Brady. You got a guy who never got injured or rarely and right. knew how to take a hit. Mac Jones is smart. I don't know if you're aware of this. He got a 4.0. Oh, uh, uh, I think Collinsworth said that yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah. Thanks. At Alabama, does that? If you put that on a sliding scale, that'd be like a 2.7 in a real school, right? <laughs> like UNH, yes. <laughs> like UNH. Were you mass? Uh, no. I mean, how do you get a 4.0? Don't just slack off on one or two classes like those gut yeah. courses and just I think say, it's out of five now. I'm going to settle for a B in that yes. class. But he got a 4.0. Maybe he gets, maybe it's a sliding scale. Starting QB. Yeah. If he shows up and doesn't fall asleep, he gets an A. I think is, that's about which right. Which is fine. That's that's probably the way it's done in Alabama, but uh, he was he was spec- you know he was superb under the under the circumstances. He only had a couple bad ones. The, the in the fourth quarter when he threw against his body, that was a really crap throw. But uh, but mostly he was on the money. And it was and his receivers helped him out they, too. Uh, I mean, uh, was it Myers had a good game? Yeah, he did, and Myers can throw the ball too. That by was the way. that was pretty cool. That, to see. Whatever it was, double pass back yeah. to uh, Aguilar was perfect, right on the money. And and I, I guess it's not going to be a surprise because they're going to run that play all year because yeah. he can throw, 
and it worked. And you know, they, they, they got nothing to lose. They they rank came out with the with the trick plays. They did everything they could, but win. Now to question the coach again. The coach um, um, put up drew up a, a great scheme, and he got the most out of uh, Matthew Judon. He did. Who was the best player on the field. He was a force. I would say, well, yeah, I'd say the best player on the field. Mac Jones was close, but Matthew Judon, the guy with the red sleeves, as somebody somebody's tweeting, that guy with the red sleeves came to play, and he did. But you know what? They spent a fortune on these guys. It's not like they just discovered these you know, diamonds. in the, They've spent a fortune on the two tight ends and on Judon, and he at least he looks like he's earning it. Um, um, he was in Brady's face the whole time. You could tell Brady respected him after the game. Brady, uh, we say this all the time. I've been saying it for 20 years. Brady just does everything right, you know, like off the field, just handles the yeah. media right, handles you know, former players, former coaches, fans, whatever. He just does everything right. He never gets flustered. He never complains about the demands. He was talking to Peter King, like, after midnight, saying how exhausted he is from this week and how it just wore him out. But, I mean, how many guys did he hug and, and talk to and look in the eye and make him feel like they're his buddy from, you know, from his days in New England? Or, you know, guys in Tampa now, they all they all love the guy. I've said it a hundred times. You'll never meet a former teammate who badmouths him. It's an amazing track record. Even the media, like Drew Brees is clapping. He broke his record. And, you know, all these guys, Rex Ryan, all these analysts who you think might have some ill ill will toward him because he whipped their ass so many times they all like him you know they, they don't just respect him they like him it, it's it's like a, a a great lesson for i don't know young players for mac jones just watch this guy the way he handles all the pressure not necessarily on the field but off the field all the demands he's just the best at it and i'm not sure if he does a morning radio show in tampa i've never heard anything about it if he does but he handles that beautifully too. Unlike Bill Belichick, you know, he doesn't let it get to him. <laughs> I mean, his, his persona is contri contrived. Like he's a brand, and he gets that, and he knows how to play that part well. We're not getting the real. We're not getting how he really feels about stuff. But but it's also but it does come across as it's, he never gets to that point where yeah, he gets, yeah. gets pissed. You know, no, like, he doesn't. Like he snaps, doesn't. or you know, just says rolls his eyes. You know, does yeah. Does a Brooks Kepka just rolls his eyes at somebody? I mean, he just never does that, which is amazing discipline after 22 years. But on to the, uh, to the Belichick questionable decision. And I don't know how many people were thinking this as it was unfolding. Um, Turtle Boy was tweeting his ass off about it because... Gloating a little bit too. Gloating, yes, because yeah. he said it would be a close game, and I didn't, which I, I made clear on my own. It was I was wrong. I'd never, ever thought... The moment would be big, too big for Tom, but it, but it was at times. Um, but attempting a 56-yard field goal in the rain, that happens to be the longest field goal of Nick Foles' career. Right. Um, that's that's long. That's long. On fourth and fourth and three, I believe, attempting that field goal when even if it's good, you give Brady another minute uh, to come back. So it 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 was really questionable, and and I guess um, Belichick was asked about it and said, "Yeah, what do you what do you yeah?" Uh, but how Foles, do you feel about it? How I thought old? it was stupid. I thought He's, it was wait, stupid. You're trying and, to find the age of Nick Foles? Yeah, just getting his age here. How do you spell Foles? F O L Z. It's F O L K. Isn't it Folk? Like folk. I'm sorry, Folk. 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 Foles. Whatever. Nick Foles is somebody else. 
uh, a 36-year-old kicker. 36. Who's been around for a long time. That's his career long. Now, granted, he had a bunch of kicks in a row. Yeah, 30-plus. 30 30-plus. 30 he's been excellent, but he's not a big leg. He's not a lot. If you go for that and you get it, you, you get him closer. You use up more time. You also have the possibility uh, that you that Brady doesn't see the field again. It it was a it was a bad decision, even though it missed by six inches. That was asking a lot of Nick Folk, asking a lot of a guy who's been terrific for you. That was not a good decision. I think now, that was the right call. The uh, absolute right call. Well, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. I mean, but he he missed by a few inches. He, Banged it right off the post. That's true. I he was surprised. Has the leg. I was surprised he reached. <laughs> Put it that way. I didn't think he would reach. Uh, I thought it would come up short. I but mean, I'm sure they tried at that the in same practice. time. At the same time, and I don't know again if it's the moment and the the atmosphere that made these guys kind of get out of what they do best, which is thinking clearly and and, and making making these smart decisions. This was not a smart decision on the part of Belichick. However. Even more questionable was the Brady last sequence for Brady. Oh, and he threw to the end zone twice. twice on, no. and, and as I pointed out, I mean, the second, hey, I thought they were both pretty good throws. The first one, uh, Antonio Brown lost in Went the, the lights. Went the wrong way, I think, yeah. Yeah, or just didn't see it. The yeah. second one hit him on the hands. And as Collinsworth said, we've seen him make that catch many times. This was the most prolific receiver in the league when he was in Pittsburgh. He made that catch a lot. Uh, he, he knew how to get in the end zone and score touchdowns. but And it was a good throw by Brady. But if you if he catches it, you're up by eight. You give the other team two minutes to come back and tie, you know, with a touchdown and, and two-pointer. If you go for the first down, which I believe it was four, third and six when he went for the end zone, you go for the first down, you use up clock, you give your field goal kicker a better shot of kicking it because you're getting closer. And you don't give the other team, you don't give, you don't give Mac Jones and you know, you don't want Mac Jones to have one last chance. You just don't. And you just make, use up the clock, get in field goal range. Then you kick, then they have no time. It made no sense to go to the end zone twice. Even if you complete it, you have a chance of them tying it and losing it in overtime. But Brady wanted it. He felt like he had a good matchup. It was Jonathan Jones, I believe against Antonio Brown. He thought he had a good chance and he did, but it was Trying to do too much. Yeah, the risk is too high at that point. And he, he used to do that here sometimes, too, where he would go for the dagger when he probably shouldn't have. Uh, uh, I think that was uh, some some uh, ego there showing through. Yes, and it, it was, and he knew a mismatch, and he just felt like he had it. And he probably felt like it was a safe throw that they weren't going to pick it off. And uh, he just liked his guy's chances. But it was a frustrating night for the Brady haters. See, I think... Um, it, for, they're going to get huge ratings, right? The ratings going to yeah. be through the roof. Maybe we'll even have them this morning. And but most of the country's watching, you know, hoping they both lose, right? They don't want they they don't they like they're sick of Brady, they're sick of Belichick. Um, but you know, neat. It was kind of uh, I don't say they both won, but in a way they did. You know, but if you think of this as a rebuilding year for the Patriots, and they don't have any. Super Bowl aspirations, and they probably don't. We're deep at, at no, no. Um, so they their quarterback looked terrific. You know their coach looked good. But they're at least the defensive coach, and they almost beat Brady by a couple of inches. They beat the spread. That's always important for they did. And, oh yeah, that's always important for coaches and players. So it's like a moral victory for the Patriots, and it's a lucky victory for Brady. That's the worst thing for Brady. Uh, 
Brady slash Patriot haters around the country who were tuning in, hoping, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd both walk off the field miserable and defeated. Uh, but it didn't happen. It was a bad night for Belichick Brady haters. I think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a moral victory for the Patriots. It's a lucky victory for the Bucks. Nobody was embarrassed. No. You know, if that kick is good by Nick Folk, Nick Folk, Brady is just crushed today. He's uh, or after the game, it's just a crushing defeat. There'd be two and two. Uh, it, it it would be it, you know it'd be a huge upset, but it wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't have been a good night for Tom Brady if that kick boink goes off the upright and through. You really think that was a bad decision, though? Yes, I do because. What? You know he's hit that in practice. You know he's hit that in practice. You know he hit thirty plus in a row. They, Collinsworth was saying that uh, he had like a bad land or a plant leg. Ah, who knows? I know, if he that's kept even, saying that he was hoping, but he hit the hell out of that ball. He had, I, I he had another 10, 10 yards. On I was that. stunned he got it there. I really yeah. was. But. And and I think I think you do it even with the minute left. You take the points, and you also trust you trust your defense. You take the points, and you you put your you put your hands in the guy that's been hitting kicks well, for you for if, the last year and a half. If it's good, do you think Brady? You know, obviously they kick off. Brady gets it at the twenty five. You think Brady gets him in field goal range? Because I do. You know? I, and maybe it's, you know, only comes from watching him for 22 years. But he did but, not look good last night, though. And maybe you pick he, him, maybe, you, maybe you stop him. He did not. A 70 rating. And, you know, um, the Patriots defense, at least the defensive backfield, the pass defense is so much better than the Bucks. The Bucks had three cornerbacks in the end, including Richard Sherman. Yeah. Who was on the street three days ago. So they had no corners. They got an issue going forward. They don't have guys who can cover and uh, you know the the Patriots. Mac Jones isn't going to be the only one to exploit them. But I got to say, it was an awesome night. I mean, it was a it great was, game. I know there was a little debate on that. Was it a great game? Was it a it was it? It wasn't a great game in that you didn't see a lot of scoring. I mean, you didn't see you know you thought you would see a lot more points. I mean, hell, Brady had no touchdown passes. You saw turnovers. You saw that guy Taylor put it on the ground. Big turnover. Yeah. I believe it was who, who fumbled for the Patriots. Was it uh, Myers? Yeah, Jacoby Myers who fumbled, and they got a gift from the replay official. It was a fumble. He took two steps. Patriots kept the ball. There were a couple dreadful yes. calls. There was a call on Mike Evans, an interference, a terrible yeah. call. The uh, officials suck, but the Patriots at home continue to get the calls. They got them when Brady was here. They get them with Belichick. Uh, and it would have been frustrating if you're a Bucks fan or a Patriot hater at the end because they did, Patriots, as always, get the call. But And the penalty on Matthew Slater, I saw people bitching about that on Twitter when he ran 30 yards. I mean, I think that's fair. That was about as obvious a penalty as you're going to see. Yeah. And Belichick was complaining and all the Patriots honks were complaining, but that was that was clearly a penalty. That is a, a textbook violation of that rule. And it, no one's taken anything away. Matthew Slater's great. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a wonderful human being. That was an idiotic play by him. But can, can we all agree that the um, – oh, that's true. There was a call, I believe, on Antonio Winfield Jr. that was a terrible call, too. Can we all agree that Belichick – Steve Belichick's tongue kind of stole the show? Uh, people – all over Twitter people were talking about it. <laughs> and there were all the comparisons Jeez. to, like, uh, you know, like lizards in movies yes. and snakes. and. <laughs> and you know what? I, I kind of respect that. If he doesn't worry about it, if it doesn't bother him, if he doesn't let the image <laughs> that the world is seeing, if that doesn't affect him at all, that's pretty good because that's typical Belichick, right? Doesn't, doesn't let it get to him. But God, that looked like something, you know, 
that he for which he might need, you know, medication. He might, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And maybe he is, but he looks just, you know, as uh, Collinsworth said, he's got that Gruden intense look. It goes beyond that. There's something. It looks like you know, Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad when he's having a <laughs> friggin' meltdown. I mean, he looks like, I don't know, one in, in a in a movie where a guy would be like half lizard, half human. I, I don't know all. You know all those movies. Well, it's kind of remind me of Beetlejuice when Beetlejuice turns <laughs> Beetlejuice. into the snake banister thing. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what that. And uh, I have me. a feeling Twitter, tw the Twitter's fear is not done with Steve Belichick. Oh no, he's uh, he's me worthy. Uh, but he has to be feeling good today, even though they lost. By the way, the Patriots have lost. Three home games, and it's week four. That's not good. If you want to get right down to it, it is a very, uh, uh, I don't want to say bad loss. It's a good loss, but it's, you know, they're already, you know, essentially, out, you know, I don't say out of the race. Buffalo's going to win the division. They'll be fighting for a wild card. They're one and three, which means they have to go like 10 and four. It's 14. Yeah, 10 and four. The rest of the way to make the playoffs to make it as a wild card, they have to go ten and four. Does that look like a team that's going to go ten and four? Three home playoff losses. By the way, I was trying to figure out how many times that's Brady's done that. Home losses in an entire season. Hmm. Brady had five years here, I believe, where he didn't even lose three games total. I mean, road home total. You know, where he went fourteen and two, or fifteen, or sixteen and zero. Oh. This kid, you know, Jones has been good again, the best rookie out there, but he's one and three. They lost to the Saints at home. The Saints just lost to the Giants, yeah. the winless Giants. They lost to the Dolphins at home. The Dolphins just lost to who? The Dolphins lose to it. Just uh, the Dolphins just lost to the Colts, who were one and three, at home. Dolphins lose to the Colts. Saints lose to the Giants. These are not good teams. The Patriots have lost to. That's a good team they lost to last night. But And the only win they have was against Zach Wilson and the dreadful Jets, who again won yesterday. So it uh, it's a rebuilding year, folks. <laughs> I hate to... Uh, well, defense uh, is going to keep getting better, but true. I don't know that Jones can put that put more than 20 points a game on the without on the, with a, on the Without a running game at all? Right. Without without James White? Not without White. Oh, By Bolden, the way, that Bolden was is so slow compared uh, to White. No, he doesn't. And Taylor put it on the ground when, when yeah. uh, and, and as uh, Collinsworth or Michael said... That's normally James White's job. But the Bucks were without Gronk, and that mattered, without a doubt. When you're inaccurate, when you're unsure, Gronk's the ultimate safety blanket. You know, you look for the big guy, put it anywhere near right. him. He makes the catch. He bulls his way for 10, 12, 15 yards. You, you get in a little bit of a groove. They missed him. He might be gone for a while with whatever his four, four crack cracked ribs, ribs, a fractured rib, lung. a punctured lung. The idea that he was probably thinking of playing is just so <laughs> bizarre <laughs> just take your time anyway they were out him and without giovanni bernard they're pass catching back so they were missing some guys and again they had no cornerbacks so that matters but it was brady escaped that would be the uh appropriate and you know what he'll never he'll probably never play here again you know he'll you would never, do it every three years yeah yeah which Something means like that, yeah. he'll probably and if he does you know maybe steve belichick's the head coach everything's different in this case it had everything, didn't it? It had everything. It was a night prime time game. That's the thing. There was it, a lot of drama all the way through the, the end. The weather made it seem kind of uh, like a, a movie. felt like a yeah, you know, those, cinematic. Yep. You know, the, the rain. The, you know, everything was big. Everyone was there. All the national guys were there. All the attention was on Brady. And it felt obviously like a playoff game. Here's, here's where I'll defend Belichick. Is if 
just pretend Brady. Brady won three games in the playoffs last year on the road uh, and won the Super Bowl, obviously. If they just didn't, something didn't go right, someone fumbled, they lost a game to either, uh, it was Washington, Green Bay, and New Orleans. If they'd lost Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees on the last second play, Belichick would look smart because if you kept Brady and he didn't go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, you'd say, um, you got a, right now you got a 44-year-old quarterback and you don't have Mac Jones. Yeah. You, know, you don't have your future. I don't know who the backup would be, Brian Hoyer. You'd be saying, yeah, Brady's good. He's better. You know, he gives us a chance. We'll make the playoffs. But we would have no future if you're the New England Patriots. Right now, the only reason Belichick looks bad is because Brady won a Super Bowl. Now, that's a legit reason. A bad, you know, It's a bad look that the guy walks away and wins the Super Bowl in his first year when you go 7-9 with Cam Newton. But if your whole idea, if you're Belichick and your whole thought process is we have to worry about the future... Well, you got the future. You took care of that. You have the guy. Hopefully. It's a little bit too early for that, uh, but, but, I, but I think but, so. I think you're right. But it looks like they made a good pick, right? You're right. It's too early. Could Except Brady's going to win another Super Bowl this year. and uh... Brady, Brady ruins it by winning Super Bowls, but if he'd been like normal human being and just you know went to the playoffs and maybe lost in the second round or lost in the NFC Championship, say, hey, that's fine. Good luck to him. I, you know, Belichick's got to think about the next 10, 12 years and he did, and he drafted a guy who looks good, and you, you can you know, Patriots fans walking out of this Foxborough, walking out of Gillette last night, had to say, you know what, that sucked, that field goal doinking sucked, but our guy looked pretty damn good, and he looks pretty. And, and I, I always say you, you got to do two things above all, yeah, three things to play quarterback in the NFL. You got to throw accurately, you got to make quick decisions and release it quickly, and you got to be able to handle the pressure. You know, figuratively and literally, and he did all three. And he wasn't seeing ghosts. He had pressure, particularly through that first half, and got hit a bunch of times. Was not seeing ghosts. He was. He seemed very comfortable. Back right, before there. we uh, move on, we'll we have little, to mention oh. that uh, uh, one of the reasons, one of the things I enjoy when uh, Belichick loses is to see just how difficult he can be on Monday with the media, and he does his you know morning radio thing, and then he does uh, press conferences like ten minutes later. And he'll be difficult, but it won't, it won't be what I was hoping, like where he was ready to bite people's faces off because he knows he had a good night. He knows that uh, he went to the locker, the Tampa Bay locker room, which is weird, uh, in the Tampa Bay locker room for 15 to 20 minutes to talk to Tom Brady and probably other guys. He talked to, you know, Antonio Brown and maybe Bruce Arians, but... Uh, Brady and Belichick will keep their conversation uh, confidential. That's a long time, too. That's, that that's is, beyond pleasantries. That like, oh, weird. hey, how's it going? How's your family doing? Da, da, da. That takes three minutes, maybe. That, uh, 15 and, minutes and, is a long time. And you're doing it with the guy who's got people yanking him in all different yeah, right. directions. That's you right. know, Peter King's waiting over here and Michelle Tafoya is over there. And Belichick and Brady sat in the corner for 15 minutes. Seems I'm like with you. Eternity. That seems like, I mean, I can't imagine Belichick spending, you know, 15 minutes. Talking to anybody. Yeah, what are you talking like what is strategy? What are you talking about? I don't know. Just old times. Bella, that seems it weird seems too. like Belichick wanted he had a thought. Here it was, I'll tell you. Is he wants this notion that the two didn't get along or the two don't have a good relationship. He wants it to die. And he's doing his best to kill it. Now that's one way he's he hugs him on the field, which was a little weird because, you know, you just lost the game and a lot of times Belichick barely acknowledges the other coach, yeah. let alone the other quarterback. But he gave him a hug. He doesn't look he doesn't look natural or comfortable. I no. mean, sixty nine year old guys aren't supposed to hug 
people, are they? I mean, maybe they're adults, maybe, maybe grandkids. kids or yeah. grandkids. But he gave an awkward hug on the field, and then he visited him in the locker room for 15 minutes and won't say what it's about. Now, he went on the radio this morning, and he said that he don't think he. they were asked, they asked, I think Wiggy asked about Wickersham. Seth Wickersham's yeah. book, the new book, uh, It's Better to Be Feared, where they talk about Brady's uh, and uh, the, the rift between Brady and Belichick and why Brady left and everything else. And and by the way, Collinsworth embarrassed himself when he oh, talked he about that. Oh, he did. So they they, you know, they want to make it seem it like they us. don't go to the, It was the other right, well, that's, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. It wasn't us. We Shut didn't up. say it. And coach, coach, it was those people, the media people, those <laughs> right. jackals. It wasn't us who talked about the, the, the falling out between the coach and the quarterback. Now, to me, it's... It's obvious. Of course there was a falling out. If there wasn't, Brady would still be here. Yeah, you tweeted that last night. I, mean, I 100% agree. I mean, of course. What's wrong with saying it? There isn't anything Coaches wrong. and players drift apart. They have different agendas. Brady wants to win now. Belichick has to rebuild. Whatever. Of course they had issues. Anyway, forget Collinsworth. He disappointed me. But uh, Belichick says he doesn't think he's ever spoken to Seth Wickersham. Can I just predict that that's going to be easily debunked, easily refuted? Yeah. If Seth Wickersham has ever talked to Belichick, and I think he has, he probably has it on tape. He probably recorded. And if he didn't, he knows all the details, where we were. He's got all the notes. He's going to easily, easily refute that, and it's going to turn out, and I think that's why Belichick said he doesn't think He's ever spoken to Wickersham, Wickersham should because it would put more shine more light on his on his book. I mean that'll that'll oh, definitely create controversy. That'll move the needle if he if he comes out and says it. I hope he does. It'll be interesting. I think he will. Why don't you get him on and see if we can get him okay. you know, to join us now that he's making the rounds? We're gonna try to get Wickersham on because uh, I mean it didn't work out great for Wickersham because there was no bad blood after the game. Nothing that would have been no. better. That yeah. would have been better. But Belichick says he don't think he's ever spoken to him. And again, you know, he says third or fourth hand uh, sources. That's how you do tell all books. That's how you get inside stuff from third or fourth hand sources. Uh, but uh, I'd be curious to see going forward if, if Wickersham does indeed say, gee, that's funny. I got it on tape. We had a conversation <laughs> and <laughs> for an hour or whatever, right. because I guarantee you at some point Wickersham spoke to him, whether, you know, Belichick cooperated or just said get lost. But, you know, Wickersham definitely said, Coach, you know, got a couple minutes. Look, can we talk at a press conference or whatever, something, somewhere. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, we got a lot of other stuff to get to. It was a crazy busy weekend. Um, uh, we got to get to this, the most beloved NASCAR rider ever, Brandon Brown. Yes. Every, I mean, they're just chanting his name everywhere. They love oh, Brandon Brown. And they're chasing Kristen Cinema into the ladies' room now. God, these people are out of control. We'll get into those stories and a lot more today on the Callahan Show, brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payments, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, we got a lot of good stuff to get to, and I uh, hope we have the time for all of it because I uh, I took took lots of notes this weekend. Stuff was just happening left and right. I guess the best, we should do this first because it is just hilarious. And um, 
There is, as someone said, we got a new national anthem, and we're going to abbreviate. Uh, we're not going to, you know, spell it out for everyone. It's just going to be called FJB. That's the new. You know, some songs they just got initials. Yes, you know, just initials. Right. Uh, FJB is the new national anthem. It started at college football games, but it's spreading to NFL games and now to NASCAR. And NASCAR, I don't even know what happened. It was like suspended for rain. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So they're you know, talking to uh, this NASCAR driver, Brandon Brown, one of my favorites. I don't know about you. Always I've a big never, Brandon Brown. Big, you, well, big, well, huge. Yeah, oh, sure. He's the best. Yeah, sure. He's the best. Brandon Brown, he's the best. That's why... Uh, that's why I was chanting. I mean, I was chanting at home in front of the TV, but the people at the crowd, in the crowd at Talladega were chanting, let's go, Brandon. It was pretty clear, wasn't it? I think that's right. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. This, this I've seen it, I've probably seen it eight times because I can't stop laughing. The crowd, I'm being facetious, the crowd was chanting, F Joe Biden. Well, like you hear at the games. It's a, it's a new thing. It's going everywhere. You think they're not going to chant that at Talladega? You think there's a lot of Biden fans, a lot of pajama boys in the crowd at Talladega? They can't stand Joe Biden. Uh, even before he just tried, uh, got into office and destroyed the country, they probably weren't big fans. So as NBC is interviewing, do we have her name, by the way? I don't have her name. I don't have her name. Can you see if you can find her name? The NBC reporter covering NASCAR has a live interview with Brandon Brown. I think he was in the lead or whatever when it was suspended. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that works. He's in the lead, and they started. And today, today they race? Tomorrow? Yesterday? I don't know. Doesn't matter. They're Kelly uh, Stavast, S-T-A-V-A-S-T. Kelly Stavast is the interviewer, and she says, she's interviewing about the race, and the crowd starts chanting, fuck Joe Biden. They pop the new national anthem. And it's pretty clear that you can hear it, especially if you've heard it's many other places. But no. <laughs> No, they will have none of that on NBC. Kelly Stava, what is it? Stavast. Stavast? Yeah. Yeah, again, one of my favorite NASCAR reporters. Kelly says, boy, they love you here in Talladega. They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And can I just say, that was a huge hit on right-wing Twitter over the weekend. Everybody was chanting, let's go, Brandon. People were changing their, you know, their, their, their Twitter handles to Brand. Let's I love Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Brandon Brown is now a huge uh, figure, popular, very popular figure on uh, among the right wing media because uh, of this NBC reporter. Who I'm not sure she did this on purpose. I did don't you, know. Did you hear it? Was she really? I mean, we can listen to it. I'm not I mean, sure. She knows. Well, maybe she doesn't. You, all right, let's listen to it. you. Tell me if she did this on purpose in an effort because obviously the F Joe Biden chant has ruffled a lot of the media, the, the sycophants in the media, and they want it to go away, but it won't go away. It's kind of spontaneous. It's kind of hard to ignore. But she's going to expect, she's going to tell her audience that you know, up is down, up is down, down is up, the sky is green, and expect them to not, expect the, the world not to catch her in this ridiculous lie. But let's listen to Kelly with uh, Brandon uh, at, uh, at Talladega the other day. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just walk. I, I take it back. She definitely heard it. It was clear as day. Clear. 
Uh, F. Joe Biden couldn't have been clearer. And she says, you love the chant, let's go, Brandon. Well, and you'd have to be in, a, in, in some hole in the ground to not know that's what's happening across the country right now. Hey, can I try to imitate the, let's go, Brandon. Fuck Joe Biden. Is it even close? Not even close. <laughs> I wonder if someone, it was in her ear, or someone in a meeting said, they're going to do this chant. Oh, it's, maybe. We're in Alabama. Here's what you're going to do. Say this. Well, I mean, how? Well, so you got you, a producer in her ear, probably. You So you hear it, and you the one you just played was the clearest one yet. Oh, yeah. Fuck Joe Biden. She says, let's go, Brandon. What Not even hell? close. Not even close. <laughs> but you know what? Um, Thanks to Kelly for bringing that to our attention and giving us a good laugh. And uh, I I don't know. I mean, someone somewhere is going to say, nice try, Kelly. Nice try. We're here to, you know, you're on NBC. Your job is to protect Joe Biden. By the way, I, I won't spend a lot of time on this because I know it bothers you and, and so many others. But Saturday Night Live, I tune in. It's the season premiere. They got some new cast members. Uh, Owen Wilson's the host, which is weird. He was he was all right. I, I didn't think he was a big enough star to be the host of SNL. Anyway, they have a guy. I don't know his name. New cast member. He's there to play Joe Biden. He sucked. I mean, it was lame. It was. I've seen other people play Joe Biden, uh, and I guess they're you know, is it not Daryl Hammond, Jason Sudeikis, one of those guys, and they did a good job. This guy's terrible, and it was so unfunny, like they always are. But this was the opening skit, and typical, typical uh, NBC, typical Saturday Night Live. They have. Joe Manchin, who's played by a woman, that big that big woman in uh, Ellie, whatever, in 80-something, and they have a Kristen Cinema, and then they have an AOC and an Elon Omar. Guess which ones were the good guys and which ones were the bad oh, guys? you tell me. This is, I mean, it's, obviously we know what's going on. Obviously AOC is an insane socialist radical. Elon Omar hates this country. She's the one that said some people did something on 9-11. You know, she married her brother. I mean, these are two just people on the lunatic fringe, and they're the good guys, according to SNL. The bad guys are Cinema and Mansion, who aren't really up for blowing three point five trillion on this socialist wish list. I mean, you can call me, you know, biased, but I'm just going to say that Mansion and Cinema best, better, better represent the average American than AOC or Elon Omar. But whatever, it's it's a bunch of radicals who work there who write this stuff. Anyway, the, the 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 skit was terrible. They were all terrible. They had a they had a Chuck Schumer, the only one that seemed remotely, you know, like a decent imitation impersonation and was kind of funny was Pete Davidson. He's Andrew Cuomo, and he sort of looks and sounds like him. Pete Davidson's like one of the better cast members on that show now. Which Sad. You, this which, is uh, James Austin Johnson uh, is the new Biden. That's his name. You got to yeah. use his middle name. He's that cool. Well. J.A.J. Right, just look at that Biden right there on the left and tell me. He, he looks more like Eminem than he does Biden, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like him. He doesn't sound like him. It was terrible. I guess that's the best they could do to come come up with. And I guess I have to give him credit because I've been ripping him for a year because they won't make fun of Biden. They will not come up with a character and mock Biden. They still don't have a Hunter Biden, by the way, but they have a Joe Biden. They tried to mock him and make him appear absent-minded, but it was terrible. I don't think it's going to last. But the Kristen Cinema character was that that one woman who plays all the good-looking characters on SNL. She she was okay. Kristen Cinema's a star now, and the radical lefts has made her a star. The AOCs and Elon Omar's and Ayanna Presley's have made her a star. Uh, it was only a matter of time because she is so interesting. 
Now, obviously, I wouldn't agree with anything. She's a Democrat, but she's what they call a moderate. I don't think there are moderate Democrats, but she's, you know, not a complete lunatic like AOC and Ayanna. And she's kind of hot and she's bisexual and she does Ironman triathlons. Okay. That doesn't sound like a a star in the making. And she's one of the two most important uh, legislators in D.C. I don't. I just, uh, any politician is not a star to me. So I'm not, well, I'm not she, impressed. Well, well you got to grade it on a sliding yeah, scale. Yeah, huge sliding scale. Because she is, and, and everybody who's close to her, everyone who knows her, says she loves the role of being a contrarian and being the center of attention. Well, the only way that happens is if she stands up to the AOCs, the Bernies, the Bidens, the radical left. She stands up to them. She will remain a star. And this could not have worked out any better for her. If you missed it over the weekend, some radical nuts, and this is how it works these days. You're, if you're a, a Democrat, a liberal, you're allowed to attack your enemy anywhere, in restaurants, you know, if you're, or go to their house like Tucker Carlson, you can go and bang on their door. You can go to restaurants, chase, you know, whatever, uh, uh, Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee out of a restaurant. You know, you're allowed to do that. As Maxine Waters, get in their face. Tell them they're not welcome here. They do that, and it's okay, obviously, because, you know, they're liberals. You're allowed to do that. If this were reversed, I'll just ask you, as you watch this, as you listen to this, just imagine if the person who chased Kristen Cinema into the bathroom, literally videotaping it, there were two people. I believe the other one was a man, by the way. Could be wrong. He's not on camera. But the one who confronts her, uh, as she shuts the stall of the door, the door of the stall, to go in there and do her business is standing right outside the stall door, yelling at her, videotaping it. This person's an illegal alien. She admits she's an illegal alien. Any serious country would deport her today for accosting a public, uh, a senator, a sitting senator in the bathroom. I mean, it's disgraceful. Cinema handles it well. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't ignore her. I mean, doesn't she ignores her? Doesn't take a swing at her. I mean, she's. Um, she must have been so tempted to just say, get out of my face, you creep. Anyway, this group, who are all in favor of passing whatever, $3.5 trillion and, and crazy you know, left-wing uh, spending, this boondoggle they're talking about now. And uh, cinema's standing up against it, of course, because she's not insane. I mean, she's a little insane, which is kind of, you know, kind of hot. When you okay. Say, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. But she's, you know, she's she dresses kind of wild and she has... Anyway, she ignores this person. They chase her down the hall. You know what they did last night? What I believe did? last night. They went to her house. Oh, yeah. These same lunatics went to her house. If this were somebody doing this to AOC or Ayanna Pressley or Nancy Pelosi, A, they've been arrested, immediately arrested, handcuffed. They'd be facing hate crime. They'd be in the deplorable jail. They wouldn't get bail for six, eight months. We have two systems of justice, one for the crazy lefties like this asshole who chases Kristen Cinema? Oh, these couple of assholes who chase her into the ladies' room, and if you watch the whole video, someone else is next to her in another stall. She yeah. comes out and is like, yeah. "What the hell is going on here?" Your videotape. I mean, that is illegal to do this. What she's doing, it is illegal, and she's an illegal alien. What else do you need to know? Put her on the next plane back to wherever she's from. That's what a serious country would do. They would not tolerate this. But she's on the the right team. She's on the team as the same team as the president and same team as the media. So they're going to say, you know, she just wants, you know, a, a pathway to citizenship. Isn't that all? Isn't that, uh, anyway, uh, is this worth playing? It's a visual. We, we do have some sound, yeah. Okay, let's listen. This is these crazy pro 
you know, illegal alien, pro pathway to citizenship, pro no bore open borders, pro three point five trillion dollar boondoggle. These are the people who are trying to get cinema to vote with Bernie, with AOC, and they will stop at nothing, including the door to the ladies' room. Sit down with one, talk to you real quick. Want to talk to you real quick? Hi, actually, I am heading out. The, um, right now is a real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. We, we knocked on doors. We need solutions to the Build Back Better plan. We have the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. And I was just uh, seen, uh, saw on Twitter, they went to her house. They went, as I said, to Tucker Carlson. They went to Brett Kavanaugh's house a couple of times. I mean, there's just no uh, no stopping these people. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you check it out. And just do me a favor. Imagine, imagine that's Nancy Pelosi. Imagine that's AOC. And the person with the camera or the people are wearing red MAGA hats. And they're saying, we demand you vote against this irresponsible spending. We demand you don't bankrupt the country. And uh, first of all, AOC would start screaming, would never do what cinema did and just walk away. Secondly, it would be wall-to-wall coverage today about what a, how these people are out of control. They're threatened. Put it this way, as I tweeted, AOC wasn't even in the same building as the rioters, the trespassers on January 6th. And she said she thought they were going to rape and murder her wasn't even the same building. These people are following Kristen Cinema into the ladies' room, filming, videotaping her while she's in the stall and then coming out and washing her hands. They're following her to her house. And we're supposed to say that's you know just part of the public discourse. This person, these people, and they've been identified her. And she posted on, on uh, I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram. It wasn't Twitter. She posted the woman who chased her, whatever her name is, Bianca or Blanca, she posted about it, apologizes for nothing, thinks this is appropriate. And today, media will, you know, some media will find it outrageous, but others will say, hey, that's just part of the uh, part of the process. Let me do uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to Doc, <laughs> Dr. Fauci, who just will not go away. He is like uh, <sighs> a venereal disease. Just, uh, just there's no cure. There's no getting rid of of Dr. Fauci, the uh, evil elf was back yesterday and he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you what you're allowed to do this Christmas. I bet Fauci envies Australia where they can just beat people who don't wear masks or comply. Oh, he wants to jail. Yeah. He wants America to be uh, Australia so badly, but uh, not quite yet. Flip flop Fauci. But before we do that, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shay, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, 
Your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. All right, a couple more things. Fauci came out, and I can't believe that he still does interviews on Sunday mornings, but I guess, you know, that's the way it works. He He's on the team with MSNBC and ABC and Chuck Todd and George Stephanopoulos and the whole crew. They're on the same team. They ignore the fact that he financed the research that gave us the coronavirus. He paid for this pandemic, or we did. I mean, you think, when you heard that first time, you said, that's a deal breaker. He's done. And um, I think, Trump will always look back on his four years with one great regret, is not firing this creep uh, a long time ago, handing him this this power. No unelected official in U.S. history has had more power than Fauci, the the highest paid bureaucrat in D.C., and a guy who does not, uh, who's not letting up, who can't get enough power, who wants to control our lives, and was actually asked, I don't even know who asked, you know, who asked this question? I, I, it's a, uh, it was a Sunday morning show, but asked him about, you know, could we have Christmas this year? What do you think, doctor? Will we be able to have, celebrate Christmas? And uh, remarkably, he says, you know, we don't know. We'll let you know. Can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Over the weekend, Fauci said on Face the Nation that it's too early to tell whether we can gather on Christmas with the family. Okay, this was on a weekend where there was a full slate of college football, you know, where uh, Wisconsin played Michigan in front of whatever it is, 70, 80,000, 90,000. Where Georgia played, you know, in front of 80, 90,000. All over the country, college football games were played as scheduled, no masks, no distancing. And then the next day, yesterday, full slate of NFL games. We're seeing stadiums full. Many of them are chanting, F Joe Biden, (laughs) but they're full. People are going to games, they're going to NASCAR races, you know, they're going to, concerts they've moved on and you bring this evil elf back and have him say we'll let you know whether you could gather at christmas as somebody said i forget who tweeted this out during the patriots game they said to any of the people in foxborough stadium right now 65 70 000, are any of them going to comply with fauci's order if he says we can't gather at christmas no way and my answer is yes a small percentage, the ones in the press box. That's about it. The Globies in the press box. They'll, they'll be the ones who still think Fauci's some kind of oracle and they're going to listen to whatever he says. But the no, normal America, like. He doesn't move kidding? the needle anymore. That's the other okay. thing. I look at it, I'm amazed he does interviews. Yeah. I mean, he's been discredited over and over again. Rand Paul took him apart piece by piece. He's a joke. He's an authoritarian who doesn't care about kids losing a year of education. He doesn't even care about kids killing themselves or taking drugs or any of the, you know, the the collateral damage. All he cares about is controlling our lives in the name of stopping the virus that he helped create. If anyone has lost all credibility, I mean, I guess you'd say the military leaders, but over this virus, I mean, and he loves the virus. I mean, no one loves COVID more than Anthony Fauci. It has made him famous. 
It has won him awards. It has made, got him invites to the best parties in D.C. I mean, he, he gets to, he's on a first-name basis with Dana Bash. Could you imagine anything better? No. And Jake, he, when he says Jake, he means Jake Tapper. Not any old Jake, Jake Tapper. He's good. When he says George, it's not some George that works in the NIH with him, some, some you know, guy researcher. No, 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 it's George Stephanopoulos. They're like this. Steffi, Steffi and Fauci. He is close, dear Dear friends, with both Cuomo brothers, I don't want to brag, both Cuomo brothers, he's probably, I don't know, when things cool down next summer, he'll probably be spending some time with the Cuomo. Doing the club circuit with the On Cuomo's. the Hamptons, yes. Yeah. So he'll be hitting the clubs. I mean, is there any doubt he's going to get a uh, Profile and Courage Award from the Kennedys? No doubt at all. If there were still magazines like Time and Newsweek, he'd be on the cover of all of them. Playboy. He'd be on the cover of Playboy with a bunny outfit. Did you see the Playboy? I saw that, yeah. <laughs> You want to talk about going just round the bend? This latest woke cancel culture, whatever. You, know. you see their uh, their 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 numbers too. Like Playboy's down to like no. their readership is like two hundred fifty thousand. Just picture, <laughs> picture. I guarantee it's less. I guarantee it's less. That's that's uh, inflated. Inflated. But picture an average Playboy reader. Well, not reader. Look, you know, it'd be an old guy like my age or older. You know, who's not really whatever internet savvy, can't quite get on, you know, whatever, brandylove.com. So they, so they get a Playboy. And on the cover this month, if you haven't seen it, is a, am I allowed to say it's a guy? I don't know. It is a guy, yeah, I think. It I think, his, well, actually, I didn't, I didn't could check. Could be a transgender, be, be. it's a biological guy. And he's in the outfit, the bunny outfit yeah. with the ears. And he's, you know, posing as if he were, you know, Pamela Anderson. He, and that's... And they have a big defense of it as they're proud to be inclusive and diverse and all that. The average Playboy reader is just looking at that going, what? I, I bought this for one reason, to look at hot, naked chicks. And, and they think that guy who wants to look at hot, naked chicks is somehow excited to look at a hot, naked... Well, it can't be totally naked, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Oh, that's uh, right. Didn't they do away with nudity? It's just kind of... You know, I have no idea. I haven't looked at a Playboy Nobody in 25 has. years. Who well, knows? Now, wait till now. Now people are really going to come back in the tent. Now they <laughs> yeah. get to see. Right. They get to see guys on the cover. Uh, but uh, how did I get off on Playboy? I don't even know. Where uh, Fauci. Fauci. Doing some articles yes. on Fauci, right? Uh, yeah. oh, Which yeah, is why right. people get Playboy in the first place. And I was reading the articles. Yeah, that's true. Fauci. Yeah. I could picture Fauci in the bunny ears. So he'd do it. He'd do it. I mean, he would do it. He posed like with sunglasses, sitting poolside for Vanity Fair, I believe. He's just so, just, just such a narcissist. And again, does not care that kids, you know, kindergarten kids are masked up by mandate. I don't actually, I don't think he can do it in California. Gavin Newsom, and I have mixed emotions about this, I have to say. These are the people that just voted to keep this sleazeball, this, this, this phony in office. And well, how does he reward them? By saying all children, K through 12, K, that means Five-year-olds must be masked up all day, every day. Of course, he doesn't have the balls to say, same for the teachers, because they have a union. The kids don't have a union. But I can't imagine being a parent of a five-year-old, a six-year-old. backwards. I mean, so... Right. Even the if adults you, even, who are yeah, vulnerable. Even if you agree that... Ma even if you think that masks work... These cloth masks, they, they don't work. It's like a chain-link fence and you know, mosquitoes flying through. But even if you think that they do... So you, you decide that they work, that is backwards, the more vulnerable are the adults, not the kids. That's child Absolutely. abuse. Absolutely, and and he's too afraid to do it to, to teachers' union or adults. I mean, easy to push the kids around. It's I'd hate to be a kid in California, but I have no sympathy for the parents because many of them, millions of them, voted for this asshole. And now you're gonna 
Now he's going to torture. He's going to abuse your children. They don't deserve it, but you do. Any, anyway, I mean, people are just so done. You see it. And again, we said this for weeks. Football's leading the way. The fans, the crowds, the, the college kids, they're leading the way out of this, this pandemic. And they're ignoring Fauci. And, they're ignoring, and I'm sure, you know, when they go to class, you know, at least in the Northeast, they all have to be masked up. It's all kinds of stupid rules. They can't sit down in the cafeteria. They can get their food and go back. But on Saturday, when they go to games, they let loose. You know, they live. They live their lives. They act like college students, and it's great to see. And they do the same thing on Sunday at NFL games. All right, Carano, um, uh, anything else? No, I think that's I think it. I'll put that cinema this. sound in there. I think, uh, I mean, there's some other stories we can get to. But I don't minor. know. Yeah, we, I get a lot, but as every, we do every Monday. But the game, the, game was, the game was great, you know. I mean, it was not a great game. But it was close. It was intense. That's what I lived for. It was under pressure, and you get to see in the guys' eyes how they reacted to pressure. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. Good word. Lots of drama. And this week, if you're a Patriot fan, the 1-3 Patriots play the 1-3 Houston Texans. Now you're going to be like, oh, is that it? Tom, come back to us. We miss you. <laughs> and if they continue to you know, win one, lose three, it's going to be like Halloween or, or Thanksgiving, and Patriots fans Not are going to be like, yeah. Man, remember the good old days when every game mattered? I don't know, you know, I understand that you got to rebuild at some point. But but then it's do you do that be and, and spend, I don't know, what, 150 million? That's like, true, what, 156 they, million they, they spent and and that Matthew Judon, he looked like he was worth it last worth night. It, definitely. I don't know about the tight ends. No. Uh but it's a good question to I don't think the plan was to rebuild. I think the plan was to to win enough to be in contention to be a wild card, but and maybe they will. Belichick's teams often get better late in the year, and God knows Mac Jones is going to keep getting better, I think. So maybe in mid-December they're in the hunt for the wild card, but they sure ain't winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. Not when you have already lost three home games. <laughs> That's hard to believe, but uh, it was it was fun. It was worth watching. I'm just disappointed they didn't chant, let's go, Brandon, at the game last night. <laughs> right. As far as I know. As far as I know. I didn't hear it. That'll be pretty bad, though. If, if New England or, you know, New York or you know, Philadelphia start chanting, that would be, I mean, obviously, Talladega, that is not a Biden crowd. If they start doing that in New England, that'd be great. They're in trouble, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we could start. I'd have to go to a game, though, and find a start the chant. Well, maybe one of our people could do that. Go to, go to Foxborough and start the chant. But we will see. We shall. How was your weekend, Carl? It was good. Good. Yeah. Went yeah. to the show yeah, on Saturday, as you know, and then watched the game last night. You did. You watched the whole game. Yes, I thought I was gonna. So the third. Okay, the third period was not as dramatic. It it was starting to Call slow those down. Quarters. Both. Call those quarters. Yeah. What am I saying? Quarters. Right. Uh, but then, uh, but then the fourth started. And it was just so dramatic. I had to. It was I dramatic. The, the rest it, of the way. it wasn't an artistic performance, but it was dramatic, yeah, and definitely. that's all you could ask for. When I used to be on the radio, uh, Dino would make sure we all took notes. He had all kinds of notes, and he'd check our notes. Check your notes. Check your notes. So did you take any notes? That's all right here, oh, I got All right here. I got lots of notes. Look at all that stuff. We that didn't is a get ton. To, yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was fun. And today, I'm sure all the social media sites will be talking about Bill, I mean, Steve Belichick's tongue. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be the day two story, as they say, Steve Belichick's tongue. Although he doesn't talk to the media. It's only like once a month. Yeah, cause is it because he's not, because normally, right, once a month you do, you do, does he even Bellic do it? Because he's not really the D.C. That's true, and that's probably one of the reasons yeah, he's yeah, not, keep because him if you're the D.C., you have to be, I think like, once, once a, month a week. Or something like that. Yeah, like you that. could be right. I don't know, but you're right. His father's going to keep him, 
uh, it's funny when he talks to me though, because he sounds just like his father. I don't. He's got I don't a, wait, watch sometime. He, he's monotone. He looks like you know the same delivery. Yeah. But uh, you know, if he was calling the defense, he did a hell of a job. He did, even though he looked like a lizard. But uh, we shall leave it there for today. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. And uh, we will. Uh, any uh, anything good on there? Good on there. No, not really. You read it all. You read it all show, and you never have any comments that are That's worth not true. Repeating. Sometimes I read them, but now we're at the end of the show. You all, you give oh, me, yeah. you give me shit for not keeping you under sixty minutes, and then you want me to read comments at the well, end. Not you now. You could have read once or two in the middle you of the get going. debate. All right, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll jump do in that, more. With do, that. If they're if they're good, people want to talk about the Sox Yankees. Man, nah, nah. tomorrow night, go Yanks, go Yanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, that will do it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning.